0: it's like it's cool there's a horse on it and then it's got like the colors like it's like juno the movie made a beer when there's three dollar odell drafts Mm -hmm. just that's not a good time to order a can of cold Mm -hmm. snacks
1: i agree but if you're a hardcore cold snacks fan then you have to you have to This is the off five podcast
0: it's the podcast about the office
1: welcome i'm abby
0: i'm nathan
1: are you still watching the office
0: i am and this is the podcast about that show right the u.s version
1: the u.s version of the office
0: and this episode is about season two episode 15 what's it called
1: boys and girls
0: you're right in my notes i put girls and boys
1: or you could say chicos y chicas
0: Boys who like girls, who like girls, who do boys like they're girls, and do boys, girls, boys, and something.
1: That's actually where the name of the episode came from, was that song. What? No, I'm kidding.
0: Always the, should do someone you really like.
1: The first thing that we do in the episode is um, sing a song, and then usually what we do is we read the Wikipedia um, synopsis,
0: we sure do, and this time it's really long, so just cut me off whenever we're okay, you've got it, okay, just be like, I got it, okay, Jan Levinson leads the female dunder Mifflin got employees, it. just still do a little more <laughs> in a woman in the workplace seminar, Miffed at being excluded, not Mifflin. <laughs> Miffed at being excluded, Michael Scott conducts a competing men-in-the-workplace seminar in the warehouse. Roy approaches Jim under the belief that Jim used to like Pam and his equally irritated crew are forced to participate in Michael's shenanigans. Shenanigans. Which culminates in Michael trying to drive a forklift and knocking down several shelves. we get it?
1: Yeah, I got it.
0: Um, But there is more. Okay, I'm going to skip the second paragraph and say... Jan urges Pam to take a corporate training program in graphic design in New York City when Pam reveals that she wanted to be a graphic designer, but Roy quashes the idea. Jim rebukes Pam for listening to Roy when he is clearly wrong and acting selfish. Oh, commentary. Wow. Which creates tension between them. Pam then tells camera she's happy with her life now and they do not even make her dream house and screen she then breaks down and Jeez. cries in front of the camera who wrote
1: this did you edit this wikipedia page before <laughs> you read it on this podcast
0: it's like it's like super objective and then it's like and then roy is a total jerk <laughs> pam hurts her feelings because why did he say that even <laughs> anyway that's the episode <laughs>
1: That was the weirdest Wikipedia synopsis I've ever heard.
0: You know, I agree because it doesn't even start with the traditional. The office follows the typical day in the life Pam of the Nutter Beasley. Mifflin.
1: Does this? Or the Jib Helper does this. Yeah, yeah. It just like goes right into rebuking.
0: You know what? I hate to do this, but I'm gonna go back to the middle paragraph because it says Michael's <laughs> recklessness makes a complete mess of the warehouse while jeopardizing the employee's safety. Michael's plan to hold his own seminar backfire when the warehouse workers' gripe session leads to them deciding to form a union. Chan intimidates them into reconsidering, citing liquidation of the branch if it were to unionize. It's way too much description. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about
1: For not a lot going on. I mean, there is a lot going on, but not that much.
0: But the reason I wanted to read it is because I do want to talk about all those individual things. And just in case you haven't seen the episode in a while. Although, our official recommendation at the off-five is that you watch each episode... Right before you listen to it. But I know that some people have seen it a lot and they just want to be reminded of what was in this episode. Yeah. So that's that's why we read it.
1: Yeah. The specifics.
0: I just feel like another episode description would have been able to get all that in one paragraph. Just in less detail. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, anyway.
1: I mean, so far Wikipedia hasn't steered us wrong. But now I feel like it is. Yeah, At this last ditch moment.
0: We're drowning in uncharted seas. So, Great Scott, this is the production and trivia of this episode of The Office.
1: You know, I was really thinking that a woman wrote this episode, but it was B.J. Novak.
0: He's a man, kind of. Kind of. of. <laughs> <laughs> Boys and Girls was directed by Denny Gordon. And Oh, Danny. Oh, Denny. Great. Uh, moon's over my hammy. The genesis of episode came from cast members Angela Kenzie which is Angela, and Jenna Fisher, which is Pam. The two originally formulated an idea while spending time together on the set of the office. What if Jan came into the office and did a Women in the workplace seminar and Michael got all jealous? They presented their idea to executive producer Greg Daniels, who liked the idea, and he assigned the idea to Novak, who crafted the final episode.
1: So basically it was a woman's idea that was outsourced to to men. To men. Who took the credit. Which is, you know... It's a classic woman in the workplace situation.
0: Yeah, but the women actually get their comeuppance in the Wikipedia description here.
1: That's true. Because
0: it's like PJ Novak wrote it, but not really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> true. So there you go.
0: Another thing, it seems like the continuity is a little bit weird in terms of a couple of the scenes. You know, we've had that a, a few times. Uh, I don't remember when we've talked about but like, the one I was thinking about is Diwali at the end where he like sings this song. And it's like, that clearly didn't happen during this episode, you know, like, yeah, everyone's like super supportive and he got the spotlight, but no one's embarrassed, you know,
1: like the um, snow angel at the end where it's just kind of, it seems like more of an outtake. Right. Then like, oh, than like plot continuity.
0: And I think they like cut that part up from the other part where Michael's putting the styrofoam. Yeah. In there and no one says anything. Yeah. So it's like they yeah. probably just cut that scene in half. And then both of those, that was one of them. And the other one was when he's moving the cart around trying to fix things after he's already knocked everything over. And the only reason it seems out of continuity is because Daryl isn't like, get off of there and stop doing this because you're just making more and more mess. Yeah. And, and he doesn't seem like he's shy enough to have not mentioned that because of the way he acts in the rest of the episode.
1: I know. I just don't know like why he wouldn't be more assertive. Get off of the... Um, forklift right because even from the beginning he's like Michael don't do that and it's just like I don't know it's just so much destruction that you know he does say oh we have to clean it up but it's after the fact you know mm-hmm. so I guess Michael's Daryl's boss technically
0: but just the way he's acting and the rest he's not super referential yeah but actually S- Steve Carell is master forklift driver
1: oh he is does and he, he, he was- have a CDL
0: he was yeah, he does. And he was able to actually clean up this entire thing, including the styrofoam, using the forklift after they're done filming.
1: Wow. I had no idea. And then he
0: left a gift under each and every one of the cast members' heads while they're sleeping.
1: <laughs> Just like the tooth fairy would. Makes no sense.
0: With a forklift.
1: Ow! Okay, well, I guess if you're if you're a good forklift driver, but that would hurt.
0: Yeah. No, he's really gentle, like a like a delicate butterfly. So they didn't even notice, except for two that did die. crush their heads
1: Madge and the sea monster Oh, R.I.P.
0: that's a good spinoff
1: Madge and the sea monster
0: (laughs) Madge and the sea monster (laughs) and let's go to the finer things club with the things we like from this episode so much
1: this is my favorite category but I don't have a lot for this this time most of my stuff fell under a different category
0: I agree do you have anything though
1: Yeah. So one thing that I really liked was Dwight's comment about all the women in the um, in the conference room getting on the same menstrual cycle, because even though it's not scientifically proven, I've listened to a podcast about that exact topic. And a lot of people have evidence in their own life about, you know, like cycles lining up. So but not during a
0: conference meeting.
1: No, that wouldn't happen. To Probably be problem. over a long time. It's right? it like roommates. Okay. People living together, you know.
0: So anecdotal.
1: Anecdotal evidence, yeah, but there were a lot of people like trying to discredit them. So typical. Yeah, and they were mostly men.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's be rational here. Uh, one of my favorite things is when Jan is describing the sports metaphors, and she goes, "She goes above par. That means it's better." that's a golf thing and then she's like below par that's worse and well, that should be better <laughs> that I always wonder about that I, I, I don't understand. even know what that means you know what par no is? I know but like but oh is, right is par actually when the people say above and below par is that what they're talking about yeah, because when someone says above
1: par, it's like better than normal. But in golf, that would be worse than normal.
0: I think it's not golf. I think par is like a more general term, oh. and golf just happens to be a sport where the score that's lower is better. But most things, that's not true. Yeah. So it would be like par for, but it is par for the course. So maybe like would par for the course like a race course? I don't know. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. But anyway, it's it's funny because it's like she perfectly deconstructs that. In like a rational way, but then it's like, well, hmm, this doesn't make sense. It also kind of makes it clear that she hasn't given this presentation before, even though she's really put together.
1: Yeah, she's good at public speaking.
0: That's one of her her strengths.
1: But I also think about that when people say um it's all downhill from here. Yeah. Like, are you talking about that? Like, things are going to go downhill, as in they're going to get worse, or, or are better? you coasting? Yeah,
0: exactly. I always <laughs> wonder that too
1: that's why i never i just stay away from those phrases
0: (laughs) yeah you're like i don't confusing i want to go uphill from from uh, for a little while yeah
1: exactly i just want yeah
0: another one i really liked is the closed teeth conversation that michael and jan have oh when he's like we have a history and she's like michael get out of here (laughs) Yeah, about the union. They are both not opening their teeth while they have that conversation. Once he gets into the personal stuff, it's so funny just to watch their faces so close together.
1: And everybody else is in the room. And everyone can obviously hear them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What is that about, like, when people think that if you do this, like, whispering thing or... Or
1: spelling P-A-M. <laughs> the, the P-A-M
0: situation. That people aren't going to know. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> um michael seems to do that a lot i think because like if if he heard that he wouldn't know (laughs) maybe (laughs) i don't know um there's one other line that dwight had that was really funny uh oh yeah 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 i feel that not literally (laughs) when they're in you don't
0: feel us not literally. <laughs>
1: in, the, in the meeting uh, with the warehouse guys, yeah.
0: That's really good. Yeah. My last one for Finder Things Club was when Kelly s- says her thing about when you're talking about third base during the same sports metaphor conversation. You th- Michael said he got to third base for you. What is that? That's like a sports term, right? And you think, oh, man, she's so dumb. And then she turns and winks at the camera like she's just stirring up drama. She knows yeah. exactly
1: what's up. I know. That's the real Kelly Kapoor.
0: And she like put that together. She's like, this is a thing. They're like, oh, women don't understand this stuff. But obviously she understands that stuff. And uh, and she's going to use it to her advantage to bring up something that would otherwise be inappropriate to bring up during a women's meeting.
1: Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that she had all these sports metaphors. And she's like, a lot of people, a lot of women want me to explain this. So I guess yeah. I'm going to have to.
0: It makes sense. And actually, one of the big things in this episode is during this conversation that Jan is like let's put away this like stereotypical woman stuff and have a meeting about business and everyone keeps bringing it back there. It's like, they're talking about talking about
1: loves to talk about girl things.
0: Yeah. Girl things. And then Kelly wants to gossip about hookups and Pam wants to talk about her house. And, and Jan is so frustrated (laughs) this entire conversation because she just wanted people to put on the, put on the pantsuits and, get on board.
1: Yeah. It, it reminds me of the third wave of feminism where there's somebody who's like, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. And you're supposed to fall in line with that. And like, we need to, you know, continue the cause. And then everybody is like, but like, I want to have kids. And you're like, wait, you're not a feminist, but like they are because they are experiencing their own reality within the office. And, like um, they said, they have struck a balance between their personal and work life, and the person who really hasn't is Jan.
0: As Pam's or uh, Phyllis said, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Phyllis says, "Well, I think we've struck a balance," and so it's like, I I don't know. This is one of those examples of like why I really like The Office because it's a commentary on that whole like movement, and then you have Michael coming in being like. Jealous of it, even though <laughs> you know this is his world. The alley you know? McGill woman, yeah, exac- likes to call them
0: exactly.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that was it's was just like women in the workplace.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really funny to watch because in a way, Jan is right that like that's why she was able to rise so quickly up the corporate ladder. But she's also, it's also not accurate to say like, well, to be a real feminist, you just have to be a man. Yeah, which is what they're all pushing back against. They all have different things that they want that are still perceived as feminine, but that's what they like. Yeah, they don't have to pretend not to like that stuff.
1: Yeah, they don't have to. When when she says talk about your dreams, it doesn't have to be something that is corporatized. You know, like that is like fits within the structure. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess what what you're kind of saying is that what she wants for feminism is for people to. the, the women to get on board and fit in with the masculine corporate mm-hmm. structure. And the other way to address that is so maybe what the idea of what's corporate or which leadership is should change. And she is talking about yeah. that in some ways. I, I don't know what her point is because the camera's not on her. Actually, this goes right into our next section. We got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this about the documentary. But there's a part where she's talking about how assertiveness is seen different in women than it is in men. But the, you can hear it in the background, but you don't hear where it goes because the scene has already moved out to where Dwight and Jim are talking.
1: Yeah. And I think that's purposeful because that is one thing that is brought up constantly like, oh, if you're assertive as a man, then you're a boss. If you're assertive as a woman, you're a bitch. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, but it's way deeper than like it's right. so much more than just like being assertive. Like you're not going to you know, it doesn't mean that you have to put your other dreams aside of like doing art or having kids or, you mm-hmm. know, but at the same time, like, like you're having to, I mean, in Jan's case, she had to not have a family, you know, i mean, well, she doesn't have on, kids. Does. But thank yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, and Angela is saying that because, you know, she doesn't, you know have time to take care of kids because she's put her career first or whatever it is and so it just reminds me so much of like that um whole like infighting of of the movement
0: and jan is pretending to have it all together but she's actually a really broken person i think at this point in the show you'd probably be like well she probably got divorced because of her aspirations even though she said it was because of kids but Later on, it's clear that she has, like, psychological problems that, like, would make it hard to hold a relationship together either way. That's independent of how your behavior is in the workplace.
1: Yeah. And I think, like, um, I wonder about the writer's direction with Jan because I think at this point, like you said, she would be considered, you know, pretty put together. Except for that one slip up outside of Chili's. But... Other than that, you know, pretty put together. And then once you get into those, like, psychologically like, deep psychological yeah, yeah. issues, it's like, what were they trying to say? Were they trying to say that or were they just doing it for entertainment factor, you know?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think it's all kind of tied in with the same reason she would go for Michael. Yeah, but
1: self-destruct.
0: I mean, she still has it more together than everyone else in the office does. And after she breaks up with Michael, she ends up, like, getting right back into being super successful again which is what she values
1: yeah yeah
0: i I, uh the modern day woman the hillary clinton woman i like to call them uh (laughs) have have to wear suits and they get criticized a lot for things that would be acceptable in a man
1: yeah like emails
0: where's jan's emails
1: exactly why was she using her personal server for dunder mifflin business
0: yeah why is she online shopping so much
1: and why is she wearing those skanky tights?
0: <laughs> what? Yeah. So when she says the what kind of you should dress for the, the job you want.
1: Apparently she she wants to be a whore. <laughs> like, okay.
0: Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Angela. Um, so one of the things I really liked about the production documentary, we kind of tie it all together. It's hard to tell what's fictional and what's not. But the editing of this episode is really, really good. And yeah, it is. One of the examples I have of that is when Pam's saying, uh, I don't really know how much I get along with these women. Like, they're fine. But I think the person I get along best with is, and she doesn't really answer that, but the editing does, which cuts right to someone saying, Jim, really loud. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I know. Those are, there are some great moments in this episode with that kind of, um like, cutting and... uh editing work when they're all kind of leaving out the door of the office to go down to the warehouse and toby is the last one and he just like <laughs> to the camera like shh, and then goes back in yeah but nobody even notices
0: he's a guy kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah no i love that i, I, I actually forgot about that one I, but uh that's a really good one another one, one with the editing is the um when it goes to stanley saying this is a run out the clock situation Just like up there. And then it cuts right to Jan talking about sports metaphors. And that was the sports (laughs) metaphor.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the other one is when Michael says, pizza's the great equalizer, poor people like pizza, rich people white people like pizza, black people like pizza. And he says, do black people like pizza? And then rather than it answering, it cuts right to Sea Monster eating pizza and then Michael nodding. Like, he's yeah, like, they do I like love, pizza.
1: I love that. that so was, funny. Yeah, that was really funny. He's like, hmm. "Um, Dwight walking down the stairs and like just looking back at the camera, like, have you ever seen Lost? Oh, Is it yeah. Lost? I've never seen Lost. I've never know. seen it. But he's... Yeah, he's just looking at the camera like, oh, here we go, here we go, they that,
0: that was an NBC show, though. That's probably why they were like, Got put an NBC out. show, not like Sopranos or something.
1: <laughs> Have you ever seen Sopranos? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is like the other mob family. We, uh, we get to go to the warehouse, spend some time there.
1: Yeah, which is really cool. And Daryl is like really uh, butting into a real character.
0: Butting into your second favorite character.
1: That's true. <laughs> Speaking of second, did you know that this episode had the least amount of views? Only second to Hot Girl at the time of airing.
0: What? (laughs) Really?
1: I think If I wasn't reading Wikipedia (laughs) incorrectly.
0: Hot Girl was low? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Probably some... Sports game on. A lot of times women don't know when sports are happening at the same time as the office. And neither do I. Well, another one is when Michael is saying, don't get hysterical. Let's be rational here. And then it edits right to him saying, part of my job is knowing how to talk to women. (laughs) And he's clearly doing what he thinks that is in the scene before. But it's a really good one with editing. I mean, I guess that's kind of like typical office going to the cutaway but in this one it's really good because it's not super specific about that moment it's like him talking about his management style and you just get to see him fail so hard at it and then him to talk it up right afterward and the editing is really good
1: that yeah that's a classic office moment there's like so many of those that the one i really like it's like later on but it's when he's talking about oh yeah i've been hunting before I had to kill it with a shovel. Why do you ask? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. he doesn't quite know what what the relevance is, but the editor clearly does.
1: Oh, there's one other editing moment where you can kind of see Pam talking to Roy about going to graphic design school, and you can't really hear what's going on, but you know that Roy is discouraging her. And then kind of cuts to, I think it might be just her interview, Mm -hmm. and then Jim kind of confronting her. So it's while that sequence is
0: it's while Pam's talking about why you should give up on your dreams. And then it shows Roy talking to her and he's like aggressive while he's talking to her. Yeah. he's not even like he's like, Oh, that's cool. But maybe I don't know if like, which you would imagine from what it sounded like he said, but it sounds like he's like, no way. (laughs) like
1: Yeah. Like grabbing the pamphlet. Like don't ever think about this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm putting this in the fire. I'm ripping it up. Like, Paper like a villain in a Harry Potter type. Yeah, movie. yeah. And should we just go into characters? Yeah, sure. Roy's an interesting character, not like a really deep character, but he has a moment when they go down to the warehouse. Kevin warns Jim that Roy is probably going to come after him because of the Pam crush, and uh, and but he says he's got his back, which is actually nice for Kevin. But then it goes to Roy, and he's just like open about it. Comes right up, isn't being like a secretive guy at all. And he says, no, it's fine. And you're like, oh, okay, what a a good guy. Says, that's fine. And then he says, Pam's like, blah, 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 all the time. I'm glad someone sucks to her. And and then you're like, oh, okay. And then he does that. It's like, it's, it's interesting that they decided to start him on the best foot before they like ripped the rug out and then had him get even worse as the episode went on.
1: Yeah i wonder who told roy that jim had a crush do you think it was pam
0: oh i don't know question question who did that um i don't know it seems like it could have gotten around right kelly yeah. could have told someone yeah and they told Michael two friends oh yeah even <laughs> i could probably send out an email
1: yeah he was like well we even like the same girl some of us
0: to packaging at dunder mifflin instead of packer <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, yeah, he brought it up just right there,
1: yeah. It seemed cool that he was doing that just because he was, you know, but it seemed he like he was also trying to play it off as cool. Mm-hmm. And part of that would have been to just be like, Ugh, then I don't have to talk to Pam, you know,
0: and it kind of shows kind of a lack of engagement with Roy because he has so many different thoughts about Jim where he's like he saw him dating Katie. Before that, he was like, what are you, gay? And then then he's like, found out your crush. But then way later on, he's like, I just thought he was gay or something. And it's like, you just really (laughs) don't bother to remember anything about what's going on in Pam's life.
1: Yeah, and then also when Pam finally breaks it off with him, he's like, oh, are you going to go, you know, to to gym? Mm -hmm. She's like, no. And he's like, I don't get you. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, you really don't. Because you don't... Yeah, he doesn't even know what's going on with other relationships that she has.
0: Yeah. I guess at that point, he's like realizing. He's like, oh, you're a good guy. That's such a good scene, though, where he's like, she's like, blah, 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 whenever I come home. And then Jim's just like, yeah, yeah, I like talking to her, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then Kevin pokes his head out, (laughs) like getting the sweat off of his, of his brow.
0: (sighs) Close one. (laughs) Thanks, Kev. Yeah. Should we talk about Jim?
1: Yeah, Jim, Jim, Jim. Well, 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 Jimothy.
0: I don't actually have much for him, but he is a good guy and
1: He's a little condescending. S-
0: but rightly so. It, it's weird because he's like he is kind of overstepping his bounds, but you can just tell he's so frustrated. It's basically like the same thing if like someone's making a decision that you really care about, that you would actually feel frustrated that they're not going to be happy because of a decision they're making. And not a selfish way at all. Like, he doesn't get anything out of her going to art school. Yeah. It's like... It's Actually,
1: like, the opposite. He would see her less. Yeah, following. yeah. But he would yeah. be
0: okay with that, which he is later, too.
1: Yeah, I just think that the part about, oh, what, are you going to be a receptionist here the whole your whole life? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you're going to be a salesman here your whole life.
0: He, well, he is overstepping his bounds when he says that. But she says, I'm happy with my decisions. And he says, are you? And she's clearly not. Yeah. And uh, I feel like their relationship is confusing enough that, that it's hard to it really say that. But if Pam had like a better friend that wasn't interested in her at all, they would say the same thing. That's true. It's just a friend thing to say. And yeah. like, if you had a friend that said stuff like that all the time, you're like, well, you should really be you know getting more shifts you seem like miserable you know but like this is like a big thing because of how excited she was when she found out about it and how she like quickly decided no for a variety of factors
1: yeah and like his initial reaction to it was like was it about oh yeah i think you should do it and um then how she changes her mind so quickly is like sort of like a red flag because it's like Mm -hmm. You're really being controlled by this person. But is that the right approach to, to just be like, I guess it is. I don't know what else you'd say. I
0: don't know. It's that kind of like risk and reward thing. But if he was just like, oh, sounds like you're making the right decision about giving up on your dreams. We'll see you tomorrow. Because like, they are friends, too. And if he did that, that would be like selling out their friendship in a way. Just like hoping to stay on her good side and not have her be mad at him. I yeah think. it's like if someone's like, with like dating like a you know a jerk or something to like to just keep your mouth shut for like 10 years or whatever like, yeah you know uh i don't know he, he does it's because he like got her enthusiasm first and her like man so it really sounded like she had thought about it and there were a lot of cool things about it and then and i actually like, think she is good at art he's not yeah he might be blinded by love but he's not lying when he says that He thinks she's a great artist.
1: Yeah. And then like that added with what Roy had said earlier in the warehouse, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, just that he, it seems like she's kind of a bother to him, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're doing all the work. Thank God. I don't have to listen to her.
0: I know if Roy was listening to himself, he'd be like, oh, you're doing like half of the work of being her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. The fluffer. And then he's like, not for long. I'm gonna do none of it and then all of it.
1: Yeah. Ugh.
0: We have a section called You Never Expect You're the Murderer about Being Good or Bad, which we put Jim and Michael in. But I was thinking about also putting Pam in there. And she's yeah. never evil, but she's not always the best.
1: No, but she's so easily manipulated. Like I feel mm. like she's just the um she's just the product of whatever's going on around her.
0: So you don't think Pam should be in there? Because later on, she is. She's gonna have like a lot of agency and she make different does decisions. A lot. So I a don't lot know. More if,
1: later on. I don't.
0: Know, I feel like it's kind of sexist to put her in the like. I easily don't know.
1: manipulated file. And like,
0: well, the thing is, so there's like four main characters easily, which is like Michael, Jim, and Pam, and Dwight. But I don't feel like Dwight really deserves to be in the. Are you? Are you? A you know,
1: because he's just more of the like comedic relief or like instigator.
0: He, he's Dwight. Yeah, he's just all always Dwight. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really exist on the good and bad spectrum. It's really more he exists on like the nice to mean spectrum. But he doesn't really, you know, he seems to have his own morality. So it's hard to like evaluate him in that way. And a lot of times, the decisions he makes have no relationship to to being good or bad.
1: Yeah, I. Would like to put Pam in there, especially for later on. I think, like, I always feel like, um, Pam is better off as a character being like she is in the first few seasons Mm -hmm. without agency, which I feel like is a bad thing to say because later on, she just isn't to me like Pam anymore. It's like, she's like a whole new character and maybe we're just seeing her growth, Mm -hmm. Which is really cool, but at the same time, it doesn't give the same He's, dynamic.
0: I'd like to have her in this section for season three, and maybe four. A lot. I know what you're saying. Once she has all of her like romantic needs met, the things she sticks her neck out for are not super rewarding for the audience because it's like art, or I want to be the office manager. I want to be sales, and like it's cool, but no one really cares what she <laughs> like because she's yeah. not really good at anything.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if that is a fault of like the early seasons not giving her the agency in terms of other things besides her relationships, mm-hmm. um, which she doesn't even have agency in.
0: In a way, she has like the most agency though, be- because she could. Choose Roy just she wants she got, to marry, wants. Jim, or Pam. Yeah, she just wants. Roy just wants to marry Pam, kind of, and Jim like has to decide what he's doing, but he can't really have any influence on what she's doing.
1: Like, she has all of the power, but she doesn't use it.
0: She's, you know, when Ryan talks about Jim eating the same ham and cheese sandwich every day, that's kind of how Pam is. Like, a lot of the people in the office don't want things to change. And it's why when Michael or Dwight or whatever romantic entanglement is like making things change is like where all the drama comes from, because you kind of get the sense that they'd all be happy just staying in their lane forever. (laughs) And that's, (laughs) I think changed.
1: That's another reason that I love the show is that it's so comforting. And so when things do change, like they try to write Pam as a different character than she was. Mm -hmm. It's like, this isn't the same show. It's Mm -hmm. not, it doesn't make me feel good because she's not predictable in the same way, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and Pam's talking about her dream house of the terrace, but then she's also got her artistic dreams. But she doesn't get a terrace. It's no. like she's really conflicted with giving up on it now, but she also doesn't get one. She moves into... She gets that weird,
1: creepy <laughs> clown, clown <laughs> picture. Yeah. And a garage. In a that- garage
0: that has great lighting if you keep the door open.
1: And if you don't have like a ton of stuff to store
0: in or a there. a car. Or like yeah. any hobbies at all. But you should be okay with not getting exactly what you wanted when you were a kid. And it's like, yeah, but you should also be happy <laughs> at the same time. Not like trying to convince yourself that you're happy because you didn't get what you wanted. That's not the same thing as being happy, not getting what you wanted because you're happy, right? But he, d- she does that really explicitly in this one where she's like, uh, a husband that I love, Roy. <laughs> it's like, oh, good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like she's forcing herself to Be okay with the path that she's chosen or that she thinks she's chosen because she's too scared to try for anything else.
0: Such a weird way to say that, though.
1: Yeah. A husband that I love. Roy. Roy, Instead of being like,
0: to marry Roy and then we'll be happy.
1: And even Phyllis picks up on... Or no, wait. Phyllis doesn't pick up on it. She just smiles. Uh Uh-huh. It's like...
0: (laughs) She loves girl talk.
1: (laughs) It's so weird.
0: But apparently she's shushing Roy at home.
1: Yeah, right.
0: I don't believe that. I know. Not I our think, little pamster.
1: No, I think um, Roy really loves to play up those stereotypes of like, "Oh, she talks so much. Like she's always shushing me. Like," and it's just to fit in with the guys.
0: They're <laughs> mm. so, like, like which, our, our girlfriends suck, and she's like, "Yeah, me too."
1: Which he does a lot more smoother than Michael. She
0: totally rolled her eyes when I told her to give up on her dreams.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they are just dreams
0: they're just dreams that's the great thing about dreams is when you go to bed you can have a different dream where you're married to roy it sucks what do you think about michael this episode
1: well he has a lot of chest hair
0: <laughs> hasselhoff yeah has four buttons undone yeah. that is too many buttons <laughs> one button that's the the tie one Jesus Two foot. buttons, that's okay. Yeah. Three, that's no. crazy. But then four. four buttons, that's like, it's like halfway down his chest. <laughs> Nobody does that.
1: Does that sweater come in a V-neck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can tell he's recovered from his uh, his 40-year-old virgin waxing.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Michael, he, like, is basically the driving force behind the warehouse trying to unionize.
0: He's just allowing them. It seemed like it was bubbling up already.
1: It was definitely bubbling. He just gave they them just, a voice. Yeah, they never had like a moment to sit down and talk about it. Mm-hmm. My um, workplace just unionized this past week. Oh, cool. Yeah, I guess they like submitted a request to the NLRB, which was controlled by Trump, and <laughs> so, so he everyone was, down with was that. even more mad about them not recognizing the union. So they withdrew the. The request for review. Oh, and now it's a union.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that means. We'll keep you updated. Better
0: benefits.
1: Yeah, I mean, I already have great benefits, so I don't know.
0: Worse benefits, maybe. <laughs>
1: maybe that's union how bad your dues your union
0: Yeah, definitely some union. Dues. All
1: I all I can think of is like bricklayers.
0: That the dock. What are they called? The dock workers union.
1: Dock workers. Yeah, Marlon Brando. <laughs>
0: well so michael's trying to be supportive but he really just wants to be the center of attention yeah uh with the women and when he says you've come a long way baby the virginia slim slogan uh and he doesn't he doesn't want him to go too far but when he says things like uh like it's really cool that daryl's the foreman and not roy or when he puts up a long division problem on the whiteboard and says in case we have a goodwill hunting type situation. <laughs> <laughs> like he assumes everyone down there cannot do long division. <laughs> Impossible.
1: Or like when Jan comes down there and says, you can direct your questions towards Michael and he's right behind the mop. He's behind a mop. Oh man. Classic Michael.
0: And then uh when he's doing this the gripe session and they start getting into the financials and healthcare and stuff that people like really need to live, and he's like, nah, the The problem is the chicks, and we just got to blame them (laughs) on the guys and and girls episode.
1: Yeah, and then Madge is like, should I leave?
0: Oh, yeah. What do you think happened to Madge? Question.
1: Madge? You mean where did she go?
0: Why didn't she just go upstairs and join Jan? Probably just went home. That would be better. I would
1: have gone to poor Richard's. Yeah. She's the only woman in the warehouse. That's so pretty badass.
0: You know what I was thinking? I was listening to one of our other episodes. Maybe we shouldn't call her Pudge every time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just how I remember her name, And Sea Monster
1: is actually Lonnie. 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 We always call him Sea Monster because he says you want to take a swim with the Sea Monster. That's
0: because he gave himself that M- magic and go, you can just call me Pudge or whatever.
1: <laughs> Pudge. <laughs> Oh, poor Madge. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, one last thing about Daryl. His face at the end of the episode, when he just looks so sad. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So sad. And he says his biggest fear is that someone would distract (laughs) us. (laughs) Someone would distract us from keeping us from getting our shipments out on time. Yeah. Oh, man. And he thinks that Michael gets paid a lot more than him. Although we'll find out later. That's not quite true in your favorite episode. Yeah. The negotiation. Yeah,
1: I can't wait. Some mofo's got to hear about this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Z Monster has some great lines. My favorite is, damn it, Michael. <laughs> damn
1: it, Michael throwing a box. <laughs> it's so.
0: It's. I, I just. I feel that. I feel that expression. Feel- yeah we're the ones that
1: got to clean that up
0: yeah um that, that's a good question Hasselhoff eh, I don't know it's, it's a good line to call him out on that but it's not great
1: it's a little outdated
0: that's true it's, it's before our time mm-hmm. Angela has some some good lines in this episode
1: yeah healthiest relationship of her life
0: and then at during that time they're playing a scene of her not acknowledging Dwight yeah, as they walk into the break room. And she's a professional woman, the head of accounting, which I don't think they've said before.
1: No, I don't think so either.
0: I know they say that a lot later when it's like, she's the department head, but Mm -hmm. is Oscar in this episode at all?
1: No, he's not. I don't
0: even think I saw him. He definitely didn't say anything.
1: I don't think he was down in the warehouse. Maybe him and Toby and Madge went to poor Richard's.
0: (laughs) Good for them. Yeah um Owen oh, meredith meredith says hi i'm meredith and i'm a good at supplier relations <laughs> so and then she says that in five years her main goal in a professional workplace is to be five years sober so when she later on throws a fit about saying i'm definitely not an alcoholic
1: she's in denial that's
0: some bs because she's clearly admitting it here she's clearly been to meetings and that's her number one goal when someone asks, what's well, your four, professional four goal? Four and a half. Four and a half. She still wants to drink. She's not done. Yeah. That's a uh, classic. Classic one in your last hurrah.
1: Yeah. I mean, they really, all these characters had a really good chance to shine like Kelly, like we, when she winks, like Meredith, because she's an alcoholic, like Phyllis, because she loves girl talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> when she says I want to be in five years I want to be five years sober Jan's like that's good <laughs> it's not even like a red flag it's just like <laughs> there you go good for you and although Ryan like can't turn off his brain he's like maybe we should just be more efficient and try to get this done and everyone's also like no not no, you're, now you're overachieving, finally you know um and Kelly I don't want to be one of those people schlepping around in a in a Minivan. Minivan. I want an SUV
1: with three rows of seats.
0: Yeah, everyone's so bad at reading Jan's intention. Yeah, they can't even tell what you're kind of supposed to be saying during a meeting like this. Like,
1: I mean, that's kind of obvious to me that she's looking for somebody to be like in the professional training Mm -hmm. realm. You know, I feel like if this was if this were real life, everyone would be totally trying to suck up to her. Like, what's your professional? goal in five years well i'd like to you know get like move up blah 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 like you know instead of like i want a terrace (laughs) right
0: I, i guess they all got like it was kind of a bad momentum they built up where everyone started saying bad answers and you're like well what's a bad answer i could give
1: yeah and then pam she's the only one that says more seriously and she wasn't even talking about professionally she was just saying That she would like to do more art. And right when she says that, Jan looks at her like, oh my god, finally someone.
0: Well, you know, for being really traditional, Angela's is like a professional woman and stuff like she does. What do you think her answer was to that question? Because I don't play it, but it's hard to imagine it being something stupid and funny.
1: Yeah, I think it would be something like, I would like to have no errors in accounting. Um, because of Kevin or something like that. <laughs> Maybe just,
0: like, too limiting or too judgmental or one yeah. of her other character traits. Because, yeah, because it couldn't be something where she's like, well, I just want to, you know... Because she's a very serious person that doesn't talk about her personal life. Yeah. So why would it... It wouldn't be disqualifying for that reason. They went around the circle. It wasn't like she got out of answering it. Mm-hmm. Maybe she just said something really curt because she's so judgmental of Jan. Yeah, be a she doesn't
1: give Jan the time of day.
0: No. It's so funny. W- what do they show when... When she's saying apparently the way that Jan's dressed, she wants to be a whore. It's like, like, she's dressed really professionally, but like, do yeah. they show her like ankles or wrists or something? It's like just that?
1: like her knees with black tights on.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and like her shirt, which is not as unbuttoned as Michael's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's the whore. Yeah. He's dressing for the job he wants. Magic Mike Extra. <laughs>
1: the, the sex doll with. Uh, Michael's face taped on it.
0: That's the job he wants.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He didn't know how to react to that.
0: Yeah, he kind of rolls with it, I guess.
1: Yeah, kind of.
0: Well, is that it for the episode?
1: Well, we have to do the rating. No, 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 not the rating. Yeah, the rating. And the Dundies.
0: So I have an idea. I want to change the rating. Okay. But not the rating scale. Here's what I'd like to change. I want us, meaning... You and me, meaning Addie and Nathan, to, to agree, meaning the off five podcasts, <laughs> to agree on a rating.
1: And then we have the listeners rated as well.
0: And we just have one rating between oh, us. So, okay. so we would average lately, it out. Lately we've been, well, no. I mean, we can average it out if, if like we picked ones that were or far apart, but if not, we have to kind of like make a little argument and then we'll just agree okay. who, who made the better point. Okay. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I think that because who really cares about our separate ratings for things? <laughs> like, because mine
1: we, is always Alfredo's pizza. So. Yes,
0: and mine will be something yours near is either, there. Either
1: so. yours is either one out of six or seven out of six, depending on how you're feeling. Like.
0: <laughs> I think it'll <laughs> depending be depending
1: cool. on how many beers you've had.
0: So we can make like a little a little like argument.
1: Okay, against Perfect. each other, and Perfect. then and
0: we'll and it'll be friendly. But like okay. we can make instead of like justifying our choices to nobody. <laughs> We'll just like justify our choices to each other and then we'll pick one. Okay. And a lot of times if we pick the same thing, then we'll just agree with each other like we did sometimes.
1: I would like to hear listeners' um, ratings of the of the episode too.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea too. We'll Let's put up a thing after each episode in the listener page where we put this episode and we'll have seven options of the ratings. And then anyone who wants to can put their rating for that episode.
1: Okay, that sounds great. All right, so this episode was not spectacular to me, but not horrible to me. Okay, I I would be easily swayed on this one, so maybe I should come up with a rating first in my head. Hmm. I want to hear your argument.
0: You know, I don't remember this episode that fondly, but I'm going to go for five out of six beach day because or five out of seven because i just laughed a lot during this episode and i'm expecting yours will be a little bit lower because you didn't laugh as many times as i did but i just think there's so many moments in it that are really funny like the kelly wink at the camera and stuff when she makes it more uncomfortable but i don't know i like when i think about this episode i don't really think of this as a good one you know when i think Whenever I see boys and girls, I'm thinking more of like women's, women's appreci- appreciation. Yeah, Which where I they're at love. the mall. I yeah, I love that episode, but I still really liked watching this one. What, what would you give it? What's your instinct?
1: Um, I would also probably give it. I would actually give it. Oh, it's so hard to not do Alfredo's Pizza Cafe <laughs> because I want to give it a little stitches, but I feel like that's too harsh because I was watching like season eight this weekend. And I was like, "All right, now I know what one through three will be given to," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it has to be that it has to be at least four out of seven. So yeah, I will I will agree with you on beach day. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I think um, your
1: argument was fair. It's not something that I would think. Oh, boys and girls is one of my favorites. Like I do think of women's appreciation more, but there were some great moments in it. Great editing that I didn't even think about before yeah. we talked about it. Like, the editing re- was really great. And character development. We got to see the warehouse, which, you know, Daryl's my second favorite character, so...
0: The editing's fantastic, and I really like... You know, I, I keep... Every time we're talking about one of these little episodes, and it's like, oh, well, this episode was kind of a slight episode. But, like, you know, like the stuff with Roy and Pam... Is almost like some of the most damning stuff that's happened. Because Roy's not like a like a cheater or like, you know, like like a lot of movies go there, like Wedding Singer and you know, like oh, it's like, well, oh, isn't he a nice guy? Yeah, he's super nice and he's well off and he takes great care of her. But he's also a cheater, and then you're like, Well, f- him. You know, this one it's like it's more subtle than that, which I appreciate, but that like crushing your dreams thing is a big deal.
1: Yeah, it's like and the editing is what is what is damning about it because you mm-hmm. don't even hear their conversation, but you don't need to because mm-hmm. it's so forceful and it's a red flag. I mean, it's like pretty intense, like uh, isolation, controlling, manipulation, you know?
0: I like almost teared up when Pam started crying I while know. she was talking about giving up on her dreams.
1: I know, the terrorists.
0: And it's her terrorist dream is so dumb, but like just the fact that she feels like she has to give it up for some some person who just says that she shouldn't have her dreams.
1: But I think the saddest part is that she doesn't even, at this point necessarily, fully want to recognize that it is Roy that is making her give up her dreams. Mm-hmm. She's still taking responsibility for the fact that yeah, it is stupid. Like, I don't need this. Like, they don't even make houses as grand Like, she's still making excuses for him.
0: Yeah. And it's probably because she feels embarrassed that she's going to she, spend her life with someone that doesn't respect her as much. Yeah, she so, doesn't,
1: because she doesn't have the self-confidence that she feels like she deserves respect.
0: Yeah. but um, She has two dreams. She has a dream she made when she was a kid, based terrorists. on nothing, based on mm-hmm. this book that's impractical because it's not available there, and honestly, if you, like, went to, like, buy a house just for that you'd have to, like, probably spend a ton of money and it would be stupid, you know. And that's and that's what she's recognizing. But she has another dream that comes from her love of art, which is, like, more recent. Like, probably, you know, she still has. And it's, like, maybe not some book she read. And is practical because she was just offered a position to go do it. And it's not any of those things that she's discounting her childhood dream for. But instead, she's relating them. It's a totally misinterpreted analogy and that she's using as a defense mechanism. So it's not about the terrace. It's about this art thing, which just happened.
1: Which is really sad because yeah. because Dunder Mifflin is bleak enough. Like she doesn't have really an opportunity to grow in her job Mm-mm. and or her relationship. And so I, I don't know. It just kind of shocks me that you wouldn't look for an opportunity to grow and go for it regardless of what anyone's opinion would be. You know, I think like. What makes you a healthy human is that you're willing to grow in your career and and your relationships. And mm-hmm. so, like, someone offers you, like, basically hands you this, like, opportunity. Yeah. And you're just saying, no, I can't. It's not practical.
0: And also, it's not like Jim said, hey, you're good at drawing. You should quit your job. Pam brought it up when she was asked about her five-year plan. She didn't have to do that. She could have said my five-year plan is being a secretary. And Jim doesn't know that. But that wasn't the question. Chan said, where do you see yourself in five years? And Pam said, this house thing. But more seriously, this other thing. And then she put them both in the same basket as not serious. Yeah. Poor Pam.
1: But not poor Pam. She has to... She's
0: yeah, on I a guess... journey. she's just not done with it yet.
1: I guess poor Pam. Just like, I wish that she... See, that's the thing. is, I wish she would have more agency. But when she does, I'm like, boring. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Butts are funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love when she cries. It's better. <laughs> oh, man. Uh,
0: well, good thing we left it on levity. Oh, but also, we need to go out our Dundees. Giving mine to Pam for... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what do you think? You're first for Dundees?
1: I would probably give my Dundee to... <laughs> this is hard. I'm going to give it to Daryl. Okay. Just because... I think he was assertive enough-ish in telling Michael to leave the forklift alone. Uh, and because I just like Daryl.
0: Daryl's like, well, when I was r- read a kid's book about terrorists, I wanted that. But now I just want to unionize. <laughs> and then and then Jane said, I can't m- unionize.
1: Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I wish they could unionize.
0: What was the uh, Dundee called, though?
1: It was called... We're the ones that got to clean that up.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> give it to Sea Monster for... Damn it, Michael. Now I'm going to give mine to Angela for healthiest relationship of her life. Aww. You know, because it's funny because her relationship is so odd to us, but... If it's Angela? the healthiest of her life. That's true. It's a step up for her. And Angela and Dwight are both weird people. And their idea of the perfect relationship isn't the same as ours. And I think if they're both happy, then that's good enough for me. And it's good enough for Angela. I guess I could give it to Dwight, too. but
1: And it seems like it might be a little healthier than Ryan and Pam's. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> and definitely healthier than Kelly and Ryan's, if that's going yet.
1: So, yeah, I guess black people like pizza
0: oh yeah hmm. it's a great equalizer
1: <laughs> you know what's better than quality equality <laughs>
0: oh, I love that that would have been his speech if he got to do the whole conference room but it gets cut off so alright I'll five out seriously when fishing line gets tangled you just like cut it and and go and go away
1: yeah
0: we're done
1: i can buy fish at the store